Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal advocates, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm thrilled, as always, that you found us on the dial. And for those of you who now have HD radios, remember, you can tune us in on 105.1 HD2. This morning, I have two wonderful guests who will be joining us. The first is Elizabeth Zarkos from Hanalei Horse Rescue. Elizabeth was here last year, approximately, maybe a little bit longer, but she has some great new stories to tell about our great big four-legged friends. Then later, Christine Franco from the Irvine Animal Care Center will be stopping by to chat about all the great things her shelter has planned in the upcoming months. So don't move an inch, get comfy, and get ready for another fabulous episode of the Pet Place Radio Show coming up after a very quick station message on Retro 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and here in the studio now from Hanalei is Elizabeth Sarkos. Welcome back to the Pet Place, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Thank you for it's having me. It's been a while since we've chatted, and I know a lot of things have changed, um, specifically the economy, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and that's resulted yeah. in some little extra borders or big borders uh, right. in your neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think that the uh, the the ninety thousand dollar warm blood that uh, that somebody bought five years ago, all of a sudden people are knocking on my door asking me to find them a home for free. So, wow. Yeah, a couple of those we've had. One was originally ninety thousand that he was purchased for. They just, you know, he had an operation and can't jump anymore. So now they have to find him a home. Another one was a, a he was offered. They were offered fifty thousand dollars for this horse, and just. You know, trying to find a place because they lost their job or couldn't afford the rent anymore. We have one horse at our place now that he was locked up. He was about four or five months behind on the board over in uh, Orange County, and they were mm. just going to lock him up and take him to auction. Oh, no. You know, lady had the horse for, you know, 20 years, and all of a sudden, you know, but the rents are, it's like six, $700 a month down in San Juan Capistrano. For for horse boarding? Yeah, down at uh, a couple of the stables. Yeah. Oh, man, I yeah. had no idea it was so expensive. It, I'm, I'm behind the time. Yeah. It was two or $300 a month. It de- yeah, it depends on where you are, but some people, um, my neighbor's a trainer, and she said she had to find a home for a horse almost immediately because they're going to send him to auction, you know, because three months behind at $700 a month. That adds up. Yeah, and it gets quickly. to the point where it's the horse isn't worth it anymore. And oh, where yeah. you used to be able to turn a horse around very quickly, I mean, we used to be able to find a home for a horse within three months. Now it's six to nine months. Well, there aren't very many people who have uh, homes that are zoned for horses anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody has yeah. tiny little lots, and you can have... Uh, Three dogs maximum and three cats maximum, and some places even two. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I can't imagine any place where you're allowed to have a bunch of horses, except, you know, in a few of the rural communities that are left. Well, and those are really hard hit. So we pulled a couple out where they were just literally the people their house got foreclosed upon. Aww. And so the people, there was one, he was a cute little Arab. There was nothing wrong with him. He was a kid's show horse, white. He was, we named him Caspian. 
Uh, wow. <laughs> so cute. Um, but he was trained to rear on command. I mean, he was a very sweet boy. Um, but what happened is the the wife took the, uh, she ran off with a boyfriend, oh. took, took all the money, uh, went to Vegas. Um, the dad took the kids, the cats, and the dogs and left. The house was foreclosed upon. They just upon. walked away? The horse was left to starve to death. So after Did two weeks... Did you push through criminal charges? Well, after two weeks, a neighbor called animal control. I mean, the horse sat there starving. I mean, if he didn't have an automatic water, he would have been dead. Oh so my she called him animal control, gave him the authority to break the lock, and they actually called one because it was up closer to... It was in L.A., and so they called a rescue up there, and then the rescue didn't have any place, so we ended up having to take him. But, you know, it, he was... I mean, he was cute, cute horse, nothing wrong with How him. How did this affect him, being left alone for two weeks with no food? Was oh, he pretty well, freaked out? He was. Um, he had been neglected for longer before then, I'm assuming, because of monetary. So he had um, he had to have a special equine dentist come out and do his teeth, and he ended up just a few months ago, they finally said, look, his teeth are so far bad. His new owner ended up, uh, that we adopted him to, she ended up having to have somebody come out, and he has to have his teeth actually pulled. Oh, how's yeah. he going to eat? Uh, well, he, they have complete seeds now where you can have pellets, mashed up pellets, or actually you can buy a senior feed like Integrity or Equine Senior. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> we have, We've I, had a couple I, horses that they, they get so old and they just have to, they can't eat hay anymore. <laughs> so they eat uh, baby food. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's just all mashed up. They actually like it better. They kind of dig right in. It's kind of fun. Oh, wow. How does somebody adopt a horse from you? Um, is there a special process that they go through? Um, well, the biggest thing that we try to do is match up the right horse to the right owner. Okay. Um, most of the horses we get actually are probably crazy because <laughs> I know, they're very sweet, but, you know, sometimes um, what happens is they can't sell them because mm-hmm. of they have little small quirky issues. Okay. So they have, you know, whatever issue it is. So we, um, we, I mean, some of them we do get in that are absolutely sweet, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. One horse that we just got in, his name was Zorro, and what happened is the brother died, and this has happened several times. So everyone, have a will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a will is huge. People, animals. People pass away, and then the family doesn't either, A, know what to do with them or doesn't care. Or they don't have the means. Right, or they don't have any, you know, if if they don't live on that acreage, Mm -hmm. you know, they just want to sell the house, and what do they do with the animal? And it's not like a dog where, okay, well, Aunt Sally can take the dog, no problem. Uh You know, they had this horse that was in the family for 20 years. Oh. It was 30-some years old, cute little quarter horse. Um, We ended up uh, taking him in, and uh, we ended up just, I just took him down yesterday to uh, Blue Apple Ranch that just... uh, um, opened up down in Ram- um, Ramona. Okay. And so they take in just retired horses down there. Oh, so he gets to yeah. look at his life hanging out with the old folks. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we get, we get. I mean, he's a sweetie pie. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with him, but because he was older, we didn't want to go through the whole, you know, we like, you know, he just needs a retirement sure. place. But we get some, one was, there's nothing wrong with him except um, his owner was afraid of him. And oh. so he was left in a stall for six months. Oh, that can't be good. No, and no horses around him, so he kind of went a little bit insane. But, I mean, he's very sweet now, so sometimes when we get him in, it just takes and a process. And with him. Okay. Yeah. So, most so would of you them. recommend, then, for somebody who wants to adopt a horse from Hanalei that 
they're a little more experienced with horses rather than somebody coming in to adopt for the little girl? Um, well, <laughs> um, I, I usually tell those people before they own a horse that they need to lease a horse first. Okay. Because anybody, I mean, because it's it's like having another child. It's because oh, you it's a full time job. Yeah, it is. Even one horse, because you're supposed to be there every day and get it out, and there's such a huge learning curve, and it's like they're all little, they all their little individual personalities. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like I don't like animal. this hay, but I do like that hay, and uh-huh. I don't like I don't like that trash can over there, but that one over there is fine. Why don't we tell everybody what the basic daily care requirements are, and and some of the the more regular care too, like hooves and floating teeth and, okay. and all that good stuff that people don't necessarily know about but want horses. Okay, yeah. The uh, first thing that everyone, the horse needs is, uh, as far as care-wise, that they need to be brushed. That's a real basic thing. They That's need a to daily thing. Daily thing, brushed and their hooves taken care of because they can get what's called thrush, which okay. can, it's a fungus, and it can lead to white line, which can actually lead to the disintegration of the hoof. Oh. And every, about every six weeks, the horse needs to have their feet either trimmed. Um, none of our horses have shoes on. They're all barefoot. Okay. But some people have shoes on their horses. Um, we kind of go for the more natural. Is this something you can do yourself, or do you have to call No, you have in. to have a farrier. Okay. Um, y- there are some people who can. We don't recommend that unless the okay. people, you know, like there are some people who are, if that's what they want to do, but that's more advanced. Uncle Jim from the country. Yeah, I know. You know, you get what you pay for, too, and the person uh-huh. says, oh, my farrier will do it for 50 bucks. Well, if you, you know, if if it's a trim, that's fine, but... You, you do get what you pay for too on on uh, on the care and the so daily care starts mounting up in the expenses. It, well, yeah, I mean because you have that, you have every six months you have to have vaccines, and that's on top of the hay that you have. You know, you have alfalfa hay, or you have orchard hay, and you have teff hay, and we don't feed Bermuda hay because it can lead to um, impaction colics. Oh. Um, but um, you have all of those different types of hay and some horses we have horses that have um, Cushing's and they can't have alfalfa hay. Cushing's is a thyroid infection or not a thyroid infection an actual um, um, uh, so we, my, my brain's gone but in any case it's a thyroid condition okay. and um, they can have immune um, um, mm, deficiencies, deficiencies um, they can't have any sugar um, so that has they have you know older horses have special care that a younger horse might not but you also have floating the teeth, like you said. That means they actually can file down all the edges of the teeth because a horse in the wild would eat basically all day where our horses don't. Okay. So the, the edges of their teeth can actually form little, um, form sharp edges and they can, can uh, actually cause, cause uh, sores inside the mouth. Oh, ouch. Yeah, yeah, so that has to be done about every year. Okay. And um, even on the, you know, unless the horse is, like Caspian or his teeth are pulled. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> unless they're um, eating mesh. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, unless that happens. But you have that. You have, um, what else? Um, I mean, and that's on t- that's just if your horse is totally healthy. And then, you know, we always say that everybody should have a trainer, even if they're experienced, because whenever you get a new horse, it's like, it's like getting a new kid almost where you just kind of want to have a second set of eyes to help you out. So it's not something you just want to take on cold turkey and No, do I have a backyard and I have a, <laughs> I've just bought this house with a stall, no problem, I'll have a horse. We don't recommend that. I mean, if and people say, well, I had a horse 20 years ago. It's totally different now. There are 
I mean, within the last 10 years, there's so many more medicines on the market. Horses used to die, you know, we used to put them down between 15 and 20. Now they live to 35 or 40. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, this is a huge commitment. If right. you're going to get a horse, you have to understand you're looking at decades mm-hmm. of cost and daily care and time. And if you're not prepared to put that in... And every day, you know, if you go on vacation, you have to have somebody take care of your horse. Yeah. And, you you know, you don't want to leave it in a little stall because it's like horrible. leaving... Well, it's like leaving yeah. an ADD kit in a bathroom and then see, oh, Aww. my horse is crazy. Well, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what happens. So, you, I mean, in different... And then if you want to actually go and compete or whatnot, then you have the added cost of that. Sure. Um, each horse has a different back, so you have to determine what type of saddle you're going to ride in. We have one horse, her name is Sapphire. She was ridden, she's a thoroughbred, and she was a Grand Prix jumper. Oh. And, uh, yeah, she was really, really wonderful. I mean, she's really wonderful now. And uh, it took us a year to rehab her because her owner um, rode her in a western saddle, and the saddle bumped up against her wither to the point where her bone was exposed. And then she was out in in a big pasture area, wasn't getting enough food because um, older horses, especially some of the hot bloods like thoroughbreds and Arabs, but they're not the only ones, but um, specifically her, um, she needed extra food because just like some people, I mean, I could eat a small little bit and still gain weight. (laughs) There's uh, some people like my brother who's uh, skin, you know, a little tiny skinny, has to eat a lot, a lot, because of fast metabolism. Well, she needed extra nutrition as they get older. Their immunity levels isn't, aren't as high. And so she ended up, um, he was in, a, in this pasture, totally skinny, and he thought she'd move, and he ended up hitting her with his car. Oh. So, I mean, it took us, like I said, a year to finally rehab her to the point where she can be ridden around, and she's she's absolutely gorgeous. So she's available for adoption? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what is your website, and can people take a look at the horses you have on your website? We do. They, they're they on there. It's, um, um, they, it's Hanalee. It's H-A-N-A-E-L-E-H, because when I started it, I was a smart-ass English major. <laughs> and, and I thought that was really neat. And uh, the name comes from Puff the Magic Dragon, which uh-huh. my mom sang to me when I was a kid. But it's they have we have the adopted horses and the rescued horses. And then some people, if they see a horse, they don't see a horse that we have up for adoption. We're also on Pet Finder. Okay. But people um, people email me all the time needing homes for their horses. I just got two calls yesterday. And so they just say, look, I need a home for my horse. And so um, there's also a link there that I put down. Okay, so you'll post for other people and not Mm -hmm. necessarily take those horses in. Yeah, they aren't on our main page because they're not at our facility, but they're on another page. And that way those everyone can talk to each other that way and they if because if you go through us there's an adoption fee and we don't we don't uh, adopt horses to trainers because we want them to go back to a family sure it's their last home and that's our hope that and and any anything that doesn't work out the horses always come back to us okay so we also have people who say well i want the horse for about five years and that's usually how long people keep a horse that's terrible they don't that's the the average span of, of ownership shock but not surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, let's give your website out one more time in case somebody didn't have their pen handy. Okay, sure. It's um, Hanalee, H-A-N-A-E-L-E-H dot com. Dot com. Okay. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank and you so much. hope you could come back again in yeah. about a year and give us some more updates and stories. 
It's time for a very quick break now, but in just one minute, Christine Franco from the Irvine Animal Care Center will be here to let you in on all the surprises that her shelter has planned for 2010. There is so much more on the other side of the break, so don't go away. Keep it tuned here to Retro 1260. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm very happy to introduce Christine Franco from the Irvine Animal Care Center. Hi, Christine. How are you? Good. How are you? I know this was a little bit of a drive for you this morning from Irvine to Los Angeles, but I am a big fan of the Irvine Animal Shelter, and you guys are always doing so many wonderful things. I wanted to have you on the show so we could talk about them. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. We're a great shelter. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, you guys won Shelter of the Year last year, right? Right. It was the 2007 Shelter of the Year. It was actually awarded to us from um, Bowtie Publishing, which publishes Dog and Cat Fan. Wow, and what do you have to do to get to that? Well, you know, (laughs) besides the outstanding work we do and being proactive and being very pro-humane as a government shelter, um, during the 2007 October fires, that really hit Southern California, San Diego, and Orange County. It was really devastating, and we did a lot to help the other shelters and residents all throughout Southern California by taking in a lot of evacuated animals. We took in over 100 animals during the fire season when our shelter was actually close to the fire itself. You guys always go above and beyond. You're always going to other shelters. You have a program called the Third Chance Program, which I'm real familiar with, but I'd like you to share that with the listeners. Right. Our Third Chance is one of our most popular programs, and it's one of our most giving programs back to the community and animals all throughout Southern California. What we do is we go to some of the higher volume shelters um, throughout Southern California, so shelters that have much higher populations where their animals may have less of a chance at finding a home, and we bring them into our shelter at Irvine and place them for adoption there, and it's their third chance. Ultimately, they had their first chance in a home and wound up in a shelter there and then their third chance at our shelter here. And it's a very successful program. It really um, brings in a lot of different diverse animals so that our customers coming in, they have a lot to pick from, and it really saves lives that these animals wouldn't otherwise have a chance at finding a home. And one of the great things about the Irvine shelter is, unlike a lot of the other shelters that I've been to, It's a very inviting and welcoming facility. You walk in and it looks like you're in this beautiful park and there's park benches and large expanses of grass and you see volunteers walking dogs and you can almost hear the birds and the violins playing (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) Yes, and we're very fortunate. The city is very supportive and we have a beautiful piece of property and we really owe a lot to our volunteers. They're the ones in um, Eagle Scouts. They build all those benches for us, and the volunteers do so much to help improve our facilities to make it inviting so people do want to come visit the animals at our shelter. It's very helpful. Yeah, what happens is people from all over come to the Irvine shelter, even though it's a bit of a drive, which is great that you guys can go out and stock up from shelters who don't have that luxury. Right, and one of the things most importantly is People tend to not go to the higher volume shelters because they may be more concrete-like and less grass and, you know, a little bit more sad because there's so many animals, so they don't go there. So by us bringing those animals to us and having an inviting place, like you said, they come from all over, so we get a lot of foot traffic at our shelter, and we adopt to people all over Southern California, so it's great. Yes, and at the end of last year, you had a special event called Home for the Holidays. And you invited shelters and rescues from all over. I talked to one rescue group that drove about 80 miles 
yes. to get to your facility to showcase some of their pets. Yes. How'd that event go, by the way? It was a great event. We adopted out over 241 animals in one day. So wow. that's 241 dogs and cats and rabbits that actually got to be in a forever home during the holiday season. So when we had a rescue group that came from San Luis Obispo left at 3 a.m., and they actually adopted out. <laughs> I know, and good for them because they have very low adoptions, and they had dachshunds, mm-hmm. and they adopted out, I believe it was 17 dogs in one day, which oh, was great. Wow. So very successful, excuse me, for all involved. Oh, that really is great. so neat. I love that you guys aren't so enclosed where you feel like you're in competition, but rather have the spirit of we're all working together. Oh, and that's the only way to do it. We're in the business of saving lives and, you know, helping families find their forever pet. And you have to work together to make that goal happen. If not, then, you know, animals stay in shelters and, you know, it's it's not a good thing. So definitely very proactive with being community partners with everybody. And speaking of the community, I know you guys have a lot of fun events all year long. Can you let us in on some of the events you're going to plan and put together for 2010? Oh, absolutely. Our first event coming up is going to be on Valentine's Day. It's called Give Some Bunny Love, and it's a rabbit adoption event. And we have a lot of bonded pairs, so we're really going to promote getting these bonded pairs um, adopted on Valentine's Day at the shelter. We should talk what a bonded pair is Mm -hmm. because I'm familiar with that because I work with animals, but... Um, What exactly is a bonded pair when we're talking about bunnies? Well, bunnies, um, they can live alone, but bunnies do like to have companions. And a lot of our rabbits at the shelter, they're much happier, um, and they thrive better when they have a companion with them. And it's generally a lifelong companion. Once a rabbit bonds to um, a companion, they stay bonded for life. And when one passes away, sometimes that bunny will pass away, too, because... Of the it's death of it. It is. so, And they really love each other. So <laughs> we make it mandatory. If we have a bonded pair at the shelter, they have to go together. We won't split them up. Sure. So Valentine's Day is a day of love and, you know, giving. <laughs> we're hoping that you take these bonded pairs home. So we're looking for a very successful event. We have over 40 bunnies available for adoption. Wow. And we have some great ones, and they're adorable. They do make great pets. Uh, for people, they do require a lot of care, but we'll educate anybody and get them through the process. So that's February 14th, so definitely come down for that one. And you don't just, uh, you know, get the animals in and get them out. You actually give some counseling and talk about care and feeding and the health requirements, everything, right? Absolutely. So somebody gets a complete lesson when they come down. Oh, definitely. We want to make sure we match you with the right pet so that it's a commitment for life. It's a forever home. So we spend a lot of time with you, give you all the counseling. We're there after the fact for questions and answers. We make sure we give you the healthiest pet as possible, and we give you as much knowledge as we can about the behavior so you know what to expect. And, you know, we have a very successful adoption rate and a lot of happy endings. I want to talk about your your kitten fostering program. Mm -hmm. I I think that's one of the most charming things I've ever seen. Um, And rather than me talking about it, I'm going to have you talk about it. (laughs) Well, if for some reason, if you love cats or if you can't have a pet, you know, in your home but you're able to give some time, the best way to do it is, especially during spring, which is coming up, is our baby animal season. And shelters are inundated with um, mothers, with kittens, you know, all across America. Irvine, we have a lot, so you can come in, foster, bring them home, raise them till they're old enough to be put up for adoption, so you get to play with kittens all day long. <laughs> we provide you with all the food and cat litter and medical care, okay. and then you bring them back, and we find them loving homes. Oh, 
Oh, and the mom too, right? Oh, absolutely. Never forget about mom. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of uh, socialize them, get them ready, and turn them into turnkey pets, basically, oh, it's for wonderful. the future adopters. Oh, yeah. And you can continue after you're done with one litter. You can grab a next. So we have one foster mom that does over 100 kittens a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. She That's does a commitment. great job. It is. And it's the pitter-patter of little feet all day long. How yeah. can you not want to play with little kittens all day? <laughs> oh, boy. It's so fun. What kind of training is involved mm-hmm. in the program? Do you have to go to a class? Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a one-hour orientation class that our clinic puts on. We want to make sure you know how to you know, care for a baby animal because baby animals are much different from adults. And if you have a pregnant mom that needs to give birth, there's a little bit extra care that goes into it. So we give you an orientation, all the phone numbers, the helpline, and how the process works. Um, and we guide you along the whole way. Okay. And is there any kind of cost involved, or is this all something that's uh, covered by the shelter? It's all supported by the shelter, but ultimately all of that is supported by donations from our donors. Okay. So if somebody has a veterinary emergency in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. they can take one of the kittens or the mother cat to an emergency vet and they know that it's not going to come out of their own pocket. Absolutely. We have that all put in place beforehand and we let them know where they can go, who to call, and where the medical care will be taken care of. So all they have to give is the home, the time, and the love. And what about uh, litters for puppies? Mm-hmm. Do you have a similar program for mother dogs and puppies, or do you not have as many mother dogs and puppies? We don't have as many mother's dogs and puppies, but every year we do get them. So it's the same exact as the kittens. Um, we provide all the food, the training, the veterinary care. Again, it's just your time, your patience, and your home, and a lot of love. Oh, it sounds so mm-hmm. fun. Now, I I hate to uh, rush us through, but I want to make sure our listeners know everything about the shelter. You have a website, and I know on the website it lists all of your upcoming events and all the fun things that are going on at the shelter. What is that website? Mm-hmm. It's www.irvineshelter.org. IrvineShelter.org. And can people sign up for volunteering on the website, or do they have to come in in person? Oh, absolutely. Everything's done through the website, so they okay. can go to our IrvineShelter.org, and on the left-hand side, there's a volunteer tab. Click on that, and it'll walk you through the process. Okay, and volunteering isn't just taking care of foster kitties and puppies. It's also doing stuff at the shelter. Oh, yeah, we need all the help we can get. You know, it's coming to the shelter, socializing, grooming, walking dogs, petting the cats, helping to feed and clean, all those wonderful tasks. Wow. Christine, your shelter does so much to help, not just the animals in Irvine, but animals everywhere. So thank you for stopping by and letting us know all about these wonderful endeavors. It's time now for our last break of the morning, but don't go away because when we return, it will be time for Pet Place News and Events coming right up on Retro 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Are you looking for a romantic Valentine activity? Plan to attend the Animal Assistant League Valentine's Luncheon and Boutique from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Friday, February 12th at the Hacienda Restaurant in Santa Ana. The Hacienda is located at 1725 College Avenue and is a lovely venue. The boutique will feature some great gift items for all of your loved ones, including your pets. For more information, visit www.aaloc.org. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets. 
and have a wonderful day.